what it means and why it matters. Direct connection we have to that is this 
odd viral thing that went around last week. And again, I was off the air from radio and television last week. I took my bride away. We've been married 20 years. The fact that she still wants to put up with me is an amazing thing. I thought we would celebrate that. But I could not help but see, even in foreign language television, the stories coming through. Who would have thought that any American publication would have allowed for the transcript of a letter from Osama bin Laden to be posted, much less to have an actual social media campaign organized and propagated based on that to stir up sympathy for other terrorists. I'm just curious, Michael, what was your take on the entire – eventually uh, they took it down, but it was it was after millions and millions of young people had seen it and, and actually – that they saw the points that he was trying to make. Well, it just shows the vacuousness of American elite education today. And what surprises me is not that news media has broadcast this, but that anyone would find Osama bin Laden acceptable in this, uh, in, in this way. It really shows the profound ignorance which exists on university campuses. I've been throughout the Middle East, and people struggle under the violence that Osama bin Laden represented. He's killed far more uh, moderate Muslims in his name than Westerners. I think ultimately what's going on, Kevin, however, is that the biggest difference between left and right in America and Europe is the left always demonizes power, while the right understands that power can be used for good or for bad. If you want to handicap the United States, if you want to handicap Israel and say they are evil because they represent power, what many of these academics don't understand is if you create that vacuum, it's not going to be the forces of altruism which fill the void. It's going to be groups like the Islamic State, like the Chinese Communist Party, like Vladimir Putin, like Osama bin Laden. Again, they have no clue what is at stake and how American power has enabled the post-World War II liberal order and the peace and the prosperity which it represents. Well, I, I find it interesting that you point out that the left always condemns power. At least it seems they do until they, in fact, themselves achieve it. And that is that is your larger point, which is they are wholly corrupted by these uh, extremist, fascist, radical, um, fundamentalist tendencies. And they literally have no problem with Hamas coming in and killing babies, turning babies into charcoal. But they they have a problem with Israel coming in and saying, leave the area. We're going to sweep underneath these buildings to see if there are tunnels holding weapons and we're giving you advance notice. Michael, nobody does that in warfare. Well, I know you're absolutely right. Israel has gone far above and beyond what anyone has done. They've put their own soldiers' lives at stake to evacuate civilians. And when they have evacuated civilians, they've been fired upon by Hamas. So you're absolutely right there, Kevin. I mean, the fact of the matter is what for the left, for human rights organizations, for journalists, too often politics is Trump principle. This is why Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch have become laughing stocks. We've seen videos now uh, from October 7th of hostages being rushed through Al-Shifa Hospital on their way to the tunnels below while doctors and nurses watch. This makes the doctors and nurses complicit. Every news media which was relying upon them has become complicit. And I'm not sure whether so many on the left realize they're not just professing ignorance. They're now actually complicit with terrorism and liable under the law for what they have done, especially if it can be shown, as has been shown with the doctors and nurses in Al-Shifa Hospital, that they knowingly deceive the West about the role of the hospital um, and with Ham Hamas terrorists. And I would extend that complicity to Kyrie Irving and every other American celebrity and uh, athlete that have uh, taken up this solidarity uh, stuff uh, wholeheartedly. Um, Michael Rubin of the American Enterprise Institute, senior fellow there, thank you for joining us. Thank you for lending some insight on this today. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we still have a very important discussion coming up about energy. It's going to be a huge issue in the next election cycle, but what difference will it make? Stay with us.
Justice Imran Ansari and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Let me tell you about a very interesting new book that has just been released and some are saying is a must read. It's called Two Creations, Bara and Asa. And the author, Emmanuel J. Charles, reveals the secret of creation from the book of Genesis. He reveals that life on earth was not evolved, but created by Almighty God. He explains that the first three verses of the Bible should be considered as three distinct events that took place in four different eras of earth's history. This book presents undeniable claims supported by logical reasoning, scientific evidence, and biblical truth. This book gives pastors and professors the ability to teach the creation account in churches and academic institutions boldly, without any doubt or hesitation. Many young students are walking away from their faith due to the lack of evidence to refute the theory of evolution and the promises that they will finally find answers in this book. Visit Amazon.com to get your copy today. Buy your copy of Two Creations, Barah and Asa, by Emmanuel J. Charles, today. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeartAlexa or Odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Brothers in Christ, join Promise Keepers for an event called Daring Faith on December 1st in Brooklyn. It's a night for men just like you to be challenged to live with courage and boldness. Learn to stand strong in the storms of life through all that is happening in the world and discover how to be the man you were created to be. There's an incredible lineup of speakers, including my good friend, Dr. A.R. Bernard, Miles McPherson, Chad Hennings, Ken Harrison, and more. You don't want to miss this event. It's Daring Faith at 7.30 p.m. on December 1st at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Get your tickets now at daringfaith.org. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You've all helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the MySlippers, the Giza Sheets, the MyPillow 2.0, and more. But some great news, the MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent and still provide that cushiony, soft wonderfulness that you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regular price, $79.98. For a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code WMCA. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That's MyPillow.com or 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into. 
It's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you with us. It's Tuesday. Kevin McCullough, glad to be back with you. And as I uh, came back from my week away, uh, taking the lovely bride to uh, Italy for our 20th anniversary last week, I was continually reminded that the world that most of us live in uh, is much more dangerous than what a lot of us want to think about and realize. And someone who notices this all the time is KT McFarland. She rejoins us. KT, I, I thought of you when I was overseas um, because I, I know the last couple of times you've been away, you've come back with a real um, burden that the U.S. isn't looked at the same way overseas as we have been in years previous, administrations previous. And I will say that the world doesn't really understand what we're up to right now, particularly as it relates to interacting with China or the Ukraine-Russia war or the Israel-Hamas war. Um, why is that? I think it's a, several reasons. One, it's a general perception that the United States is in irreversible decline. And I would point out, I mean, let's say back to Afghanistan, or probably even earlier, where the United States, despite our many blessings and natural resources and all that, we don't seem to be using them. Um, so it starts with Afghanistan or our shambolic withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's the sense of deterrence. The United States used to want something, and the rest of the world kind of fell in line with it. Um, that's been eroding over the last decades, but it certainly has eroded in the last, I would say, three or four years, it's certainly with President Biden. And then it's just the other is a, is the idea that the Chinese are rising, the Chinese Machine. The Chinese have become very aggressive on the world stage. They've built a military. They've got a thriving economy, at least up until recently. And they're kind of pushing their way around. And what they're doing is China has staked out what's called the Global South. That's South America, um, Africa, South Asia. And they've gone to those developing countries and said, look, you have a choice. You have two models. One is the Chinese model, where you have rapid development and you bring your people out of poverty but you have control of your society. And the other is the American model. Look at the American model. They're dysfunctional. They can't get their act together. Economies used to be great, but they're losing that, and they're losing world prestige. So who do you want to choose? That's the choice that China gives the world. And increasingly, countries are saying, well, I want the China model, especially because China says, I'm going to offer you lots of development, of economic development. We're going to build roads, schools, hospitals. We're going to take some of your natural resources but we're going to give you a lot in return. Whereas the United States, especially the Obama administration, not in Trump at all, but in the Biden administration, when we talk to other countries in the world, developing countries, we say, well, now, how woke are you? <laughs> we don't want to give you any money unless you subscribe to gay rights and blah, 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 blah. So we put a lot of conditions on our foreign assistance and our cooperation with other countries, which may be great for us, but those are societies which are not prepared for that and don't want it. So there's been a general turning away from the United States role as leader of the world and the United States model. Well, and it's interesting that you um, talk about that aspect of it, because I think that that was even more reinforced when you saw all the CEOs and the governor of California, um, you know, falling all over themselves to shake his hand and uh, kiss his ring. I mean, this was and. I've had that thought watching it from afar. I can't imagine how bad it was actually here in the U.S. When the Chinese president came to the United States, he didn't really care about meeting Biden. He figures Biden is, is old news. He's an old man. He's feeble. He can't really decide much. He's sort of on autopilot as is his administration. And whatever the administration is doing, we're kind of committing suicide. And the Green New Deal is bankrupting us. It's enriching China. We have energy resources that we could exploit, but we refuse to do it. And the political dysfunction. So, well, Xi Jinping, he doesn't really care a whole lot about Joe Biden. A lot of that are the American investors. American investors who would invest in China. High tech, which will do business with China. And those guys, as you point out, there was a VIP dinner, $40,000 plate opportunity to see Xi Jinping. And that was sold out. And those guys, the CEOs of, you know, of Google, of Apple, of every investment bank in the major investment bank in the country were tripping over themselves to get a photo op with the Chinese president. 
So the Chinese president knows his economy is struggling, and that should have been an opportunity for the United States to do massive um, leverage over China. I mean, for example, it's 30% youth unemployment. That's staggering. Their economy is, as they have a, a real estate crisis, their real estate is about to sort of bottom out, which is a large part of their economy, and their exports haven't come back after COVID. So China's probably in the worst position economically it's been in in 20 or 30 years. And we should have exploited that, but President Biden, I don't know, they yammered on about climate change and fentanyl drugs and got nothing from the Chinese except empty promises and a couple of good photo opportunities for President Biden. What the Chinese got out of that was a renewed connection to Wall Street, and that's what they wanted. That was all they were looking for. Yeah. Well, so let me, how does, then how does Xi play that back home? Um, I'm the guy that's really making it happen and look at the, look at the, you know, amnesia patient in the White House. (laughs) Is that what he says to his people? He says to his people, I am not, I am on the world stage and China of 20 years ago is not China of today. And I'm on the world stage. I'm a co-equal with the United States and in many ways superior to the United States. And that's why China is the country to follow. China is the wave of the future. The 21st century belongs to China. And it does a lot to shore up his own population, which is saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, the deal we made with the Chinese Communist Party was we'll give you all the power, but we want economic prosperity. And that economic prosperity is is starting to lag a little. So Xi, Xi Jinping needs that that sort of boost and, and appeal to Chinese nationalism, which they have done very successfully. Meanwhile, what's happening in the United States, you know, majority of American young people hate America. Does the economic situation in China um, make it more likely that he goes to war sooner rather than later? You know, there's a sort of mixed opinion on that. One is that, oh, he can't afford to go to war. It would be so terrible. He doesn't have the strong um, backing of his country. He doesn't have a strong economy. The other says, wait a minute, if you've got a foreign adversary, people don't, they rally around the flag. I, my concern is doctrine, whether it's Karl Marx or Lenin or Stalin or Mao Zedong says, if you can create a foreign adversary, you get everybody to rally around the flag. I don't think the Chinese are going to go to war. I don't think they have to go. The Chinese are pretty savvy about their foreign policy. They know that they can win economically. So, for example, the meeting in, China, in San Francisco with with Xi Jinping meeting all those heads of technology, technology companies and Wall Street companies, he can freeze a Taiwan out. He can say, Taiwan, you want to do business with these guys? you got to do it for me. He knows that if he is pressuring... Um, in any way, militarily, you know, is the United States really going to stand up and go to war over Taiwan? This is an pre- American president who doesn't even know how to get off a stage, much less go. Mm. I think that, that Xi Jinping will present to Taiwan, and I, I, here are the series of options. We can crush you militarily, and we do all these military exercises to prove it. You're not going to get international support. You know, maybe you get America, but you're sure not getting Europe, and you're sure not getting the technology companies of the world, the global companies, and the global South, they don't care about you. And so I think that Xi Jinping can present Taiwan with kind of a fait accompli. That's how he wins the Taiwan War. Well, I appreciate the insight, KT, as always. And now the most important question for you of your entire week of interviews that you've done. Um, what is the signature KT McFarland Thanksgiving dish that will be on the table on Thursday? Oh, man, you are really listening to tough ones this time. <laughs> well, I, I have, we have 20 of my, all of my five children, their spouses, grandchildren. And, every, and I've so worked it out so that everybody does all the work. I do the turkey and I do the centerpiece. So the biggest thing on my platter is beautiful centerpieces. There you go. Centerpiece away. Happy Thanksgiving, KTO. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, Kevin. You too. Kevin McCullough, come right back. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. With us, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. In May, New York State launched a $175 million workforce development initiative. 
Tell us about this program. What we're going to be discussing with people all over the state is the ability for anyone involved in the whole idea of training workers for the jobs of today and for tomorrow. We now have money on the table to support that. A lot of people talk about workforce development and what it may mean, but we now have $175 million that the governor sought, the legislators all voted for. So what it's going to do is take us to the next level and allow New Yorkers to have the benefit of the most highly rated, state-of-the-art, skills training programs and at the end of the day it helps them get a better job it helps our employers it helps the economy it's reaching out with gregory floyd saturday afternoons at 4 30 on am 570 and 102.3 fm the mission wmca if you are 65 or older you know this it's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window well here's something that can really help and it's worth taking a minute to look into MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65 Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor. And you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into. It's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. The American Family Association is taking on Apple Inc. for deplatforming religious content. At the demand of the communist Chinese government, Apple's App Store removed a Bible and a Quran app. This is not the first time that Apple has censored religious content. Apple recently even severed its relationship with left-wing comedian John Stewart, reportedly due to his criticism of China. But instead of wallowing in outrage and only talking to fellow conservatives about the company, AFA is actually talking to Apple, proposing a ballot measure to go to the board of directors and to the other shareholders for a vote. Engaging with companies, placing proposals on ballots, showing up and voting – that's how the left captured corporate America. And those same tools in our hands is how companies will be taken back to their real mission. That is making a profit. We should all be following their example. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu You're listening to AM 570 and 102.3 FM, the mission WMCA. And this time of year, we are always excited to be helping food for the poor. We're inviting you to be a part of solving hunger for a family of four. Right now, because of a generous match, your one-time gift of $175 provides four children with food for a year. These are families that we've met who have sometimes gone a day, two days, three days without access to any food at all. The miracle of your gift right now in one of the 17 countries where Food for the Poor serves is hard to even put into words. Make that gift by calling this number 855-907-4673, 855-907-4673. Every gift being doubled in the next 10 minutes, 855-907-4673, or give online at WMCA.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. I start with a, a monologue that falls under the category of a trend that I'm seeing that is as bothersome as any other social phenomenon that's in existence right now. And it goes a little bit like this. I have a position of privilege or responsibility or authority or in some way uh, something that someone else doesn't have. I do something really stupid and really bad. I get called for it, eventually pay the consequence of doing that, and then I act like I have no idea what I did wrong. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's actually very similar to what my children have done for years, but we're starting to do this in public now. Uh, putting on public displays of saying the most rancid and horrid things, uh, and then when somebody says, wait a minute, that's rancid and horrid, you say, well, that's just my freedom of speech. 
But if the pressure doesn't go away, then sometimes there's consequences that occur. I bring you the example uh, that I'm referring to of university professor Laura Mullen from Wake Forest University. Now, uh, Ms. Mullen, uh, the, immediately uh, following these uh, October 7th uh, attacks, went on her uh, X account, which used to be called Twitter, and said the following. So it's kind of a duh, but if you turn me out of my house, plow my olive groves under, and confine what's left of my family to the small, impoverished state you run as an open-air prison, I could be tempted to shoot up your dance party, yeah, even knowing you will scorch the earth, she wrote. This according to the Winston-Salem Journal newspaper. Now, the bizarre thing of all of this is that she was actually surprised that a post like that would create some sort of stir. And it did. Students that attend Wake Forest University were offended by it, at least those that have Jewish friends or were Jewish themselves. And it sparked widespread condemnation. Uh, she eventually decides to go through the process, and she even resigns. But then she uh, gives lip back to the uh, public about why she felt like that uh, this was all wrong. After saying she would be glad to shoot up a, an open-air concert like the one that Hamas shot up on October 7th, she feels like the victim because she ended up resigning. She whined to the student newspaper, The Wake Report, that the university statement is like if you watch animal films and you isolate one gazelle, that, that that's the one that gets eaten. I don't think she's a gazelle. No one told her to open her mouth and say a word. And if you didn't have any more common sense than to understand that what you were doing when you went down the path of saying that you would personally be willing to go so far as to shoot up a music concert demonstrates a problem of character. It's not everybody else's issue, it's yours. The fact that you feel like because you're a college professor that you have tenure, that you should be allowed to say whatever you want whenever you want it, demonstrates the larger problem. I'm not opposed to some of the social safety nets we have in place, like tenure for qualified teachers and other things that uh, some people have uh, utilized over the course of their career to help sustain their way of life and their, in fact, ability to provide for their families. But if you're going to say the most outrageous, rancid, and horrid things, why should anybody keep you on board? Well, Kev, you don't believe in free speech. I do. But I believe that the freedom to speak that which you want to also entitles the rest of society to enact consequences for such speech. And if you say you're going to kill your neighbor's kid, they have the same right to say, I don't think so, and meet you at the door with a loaded shotgun. Eventually, what you think becomes what you say, and what you say eventually can, in fact, turn into actions. Now, I'm not saying that Professor Mullen was going to go and try to shoot up a concert. I hope to goodness that she wouldn't. But why did she feel the need to say that? Some are going to say, well, she feels a certain sense of solidarity with the Hamas uh, uh, the, the the people from Gaza and wanted to express solidarity with them. Well, expressing solidarity with an innocent group of people is fine. But when you go so far as to say that you would take the actions that the terrorists took, that puts you in a different category. You can't simply say, well, I want to be just like the terrorists and then wipe your hands when somebody objects to it and say, oh, but I, I, I'm allowed to say what I want to say. Yes, you're allowed to say what you want to say. The, the right of free speech is one of the most cherished, dear, most dearly held rights that we have in America today. And it's, what, it's one of the things that truly separates us from the rest of the world. However, if you say things like, I want to shoot young people while they attend concerts, we have a right as a society to look at you with a little bit of a raised eyebrow and try to be suspect of what you may do next. And if you're just doing it to draw a reaction, then satisfy yourself by saying you got the reaction you were looking for. You said you wanted to shoot up a concert just like the terrorists did, and then you were shocked that a university didn't stand by you and say, we believe in her and we think that she should have the right to say it. Nobody in their right mind should be saying that out loud. Sometimes that adage from mom is pretty well worth remembering. If you can't find something nice to say, maybe don't say anything at all. Laura Mullen certainly will consider it the next time she has the chance. This is Pastor Matthew Recker with the Heritage of Faith Conversations Program. 
Join us every Sunday night at 6 p.m. to get Bible questions answered live on the air. Join us Sunday night at 6 p.m. Did you know that you've got choices? That there can be a better way? Did you know that you've got choices? Call Dr. V to me today. Do you want two choices? A much better way. Do you want two choices? Call Dr. V to me today. Did you know that you've got choices? That there can be a better way? Did you know that you've got choices? Call Dr. V to me today. Two on two choices, a much better way. Two on two choices, call Dr. V to me today. Dr. Lederman, Cancer Treatment, 1384 Broadway. Time for Revival with Pastor Vivian McCallman is now airing every Tuesday night from 9 to 10. Growing from 30 minutes to one whole hour every Tuesday night, you won't want to miss it. Join as Pastor Vivian McCallman brings you the light, love, and guidance you need in a time where most things are uncertain. Time for Revival with the one and only Pastor Vivian McCallman. Now from 9 to 10 every Tuesday night on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Want more AM570 The Mission? Go to am570themission.com to listen live, tune into podcasts, sign up for events, learn about our advertisers, join the fan club, and more. That's am570themission.com. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Kevin Cottrell talking with Dan Buttafuoco of Buttafuoco and Associates. And over the many years that your practice has been around, you've been responsible for changing several laws. Well, we single-handedly got the law changed on transplanted kidneys since we had a very famous case in which they put a woman's kidney into a man, and he died of ovarian cancer. And so now, uh, basically, every organ has to be screened for metastatic cancer. That was something that we succeeded in doing. And more recently, we just had the law change. Courtney Anderson case is now being cited everywhere, which you no longer have to prove a reckless standard when suing an ambulance or any emergency vehicle. We got the standard reduced to negligence, which is much fairer for the client who's injured. Call Butterfuco and Associates and have them evaluate your case for the best possible results and the maximum benefit. Call 800-NOW-HURT. 800-669-4878. Bonifico and Associates. 800-669-4878. That's 800 800- now hurt. Hello, friend. Pat Boone here. I know you're aware of the colossal war going on right now after Hamas' evil attack killing more than 1,400 innocent people and taking hundreds more hostage. The most Jewish people killed in one day since the Holocaust. And this attack occurred on Israel's holy soil. This is a war between those who worship the God of Israel and the terrorists of Hamas and Hezbollah who are evil enough to rejoice in torturing and slaughtering innocents. Now's the time to pray to the God of Israel and show your support. Please join the folks at your local Christian bookstores that have come together to support Israel and the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I've been their supporter for many years, and I want to encourage you to go into the stores to donate. To find your local Christian bookstore, go to localchristianbookstore.com. The needs in war-torn areas are tremendous. Help save lives, provide critical essentials needed right now. Please give as generous as you can today, localchristianbookstore.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. I I spoke about my recent trip to uh, Italy to retreat my bride to the 20th anniversary. The fact that she still puts up with my odd, unique behavior and personality, even in public at times, uh, has been a credit to her character. And I wanted to say thank you to her. But one of the things I noticed is that in every petrol station that we passed, 
um, I saw prices that I couldn't believe. A dollar eighty or, you know, one, one eighty nine, I guess it was in euro or, you know, one ninety seven. And I thought, wow, that's a really good price until I remembered that it's the uh, cost per liter, not per gallon that we're seeing there in their markets. But despite all of that, um, I didn't see a lot of electric cars on the road in Italy. It's part of the European Union. It's part of a a growing uh, market that people are still looking for energy solutions to. In fact, the Green Party in Italy seems to do uh, a lot, you know, by way of public uh, announcement and so forth. And that has often been adopted by the far left here in America. We've, we've seen this president do everything he could to put the energy business completely out of business. And it hasn't worked. Uh, people are, some are buying electric vehicles, but we don't have a grid that sustains a coast to coast capability of thriving transportation. So what happens now? Let's discuss this with Jason Isaac, president of the American Energy Institute, who joins us. Jason, I appreciate you taking time tonight to be with us. Why is it so important to this president to get everybody into an electric vehicle? Why, why is it something that it seems like it keeps him up at night? He's declared war on one of our biggest, most profitable industries, and it's like he can't let it go. Why? No, and he he recognizes that fossil fuels provide freedom to really move about the country, and they want to lock us down with these electric vehicles. They don't have a range. The cost is astronomical. Taxpayers and ratepayers are subsidizing this cost, but it's really to appease this this network of companies uh, that have bought into the agenda and and that recognize that they've got their hands out looking for subsidies from the federal government. I mean, you look at Ford alone last quarter; they turned a profit, which was a turnaround, but that that profit would have been more than double had it not been for the losses of the, at their electric vehicle unit. Uh, and so who's subsidizing the cost for that? Well, shareholders are and pension fund investors are people that are expecting pension retirements, you know, when they when they age out of work and they're ready to retire. But that's being jeopardized to appease this climate cult agenda. Uh, and and the, quite honestly, the donors that are funding the Biden administration to really lock us down in our homes and only they allow us to travel so far as to what they dictate is acceptable. But you're right about Italy. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have a lot of clothes drying machines. They don't have a lot of dishwashers because they just don't have the grid in the infrastructure. But I, I love your comment about the cost of gasoline. I joked that the Biden administration was going to switch to the metric system so he could say he lowered prices at the pump because we would be paying for, you know, a fourth of the quantity, but it would be cheaper per, you know, on the sign outside. Right. No, that's almost a, a strategy that I'm, I'm thinking he's probably floated in a private meeting somewhere. Um, <laughs> who knows with this guy, actually. Um, if we keep gas cheap on the global stage, which we can do through our own production and, and eventually become dominant like we were under the Trump administration, keep, keep the cost of a barrel of oil under $40, Putin and the mullahs in Iran go broke. They, they, they can't make a lot of money with what they have. And we have more resources and more stores than they do. So we could actually bankrupt the war machines and strengthen our allies and strengthen those that we want to do and be uh, friends with uh, across the globe. But this president doesn't seem to recognize that. No, he doesn't. And he is, his administration has completely turned a blind eye towards Iranian oil sanctions and allowed Iran to sell millions of barrels of oil per day to China, infusing up to $80 billion in cash to Iran. Guess who's funding Hezbollah and Hamas? It's the Iranian regime that is doing it, and they're doing it with dollars from China because of oil. And, and it's just atrocious. It's 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 criminal, in my opinion, uh, that we are allowing these sanctions to go unchecked and allow Iran to fund this war against our allies, against our friends in the Middle East. And now we're going to be essentially funding both sides of it. And I and I say that because that oil that China has been buying from Iran, they're turning that into refined products because they've actually been expanding their infrastructure. They're, they're, they're producing diesel fuel, home heating oil, uh, and other refined products that Americans are going to be buying this winter. So it, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling to me, the ignorance. I think we've reached peak ignorance uh, within the current federal administration allowing this to happen. 
but that that's what's going. We're basically going to be funding both sides of the war with American dollars. When if we liberate American energy and unleash our American energy dominance, and we do, we have the reserves here in North America, and we produce that energy more responsibly than anywhere else on the planet. We need to absolutely do that. Do it on federal lands to fund our federal budget. How about that? That would be a new concept that this government seems to turn a blind eye towards. But they're not. They just continue to attack hydrocarbons that have resulted in economic prosperity for billions around the planet. Yeah, and and the planet's by by no means is it any cleaner because we're we're not involved in the process, which is kind of amazing. Um, and I've I've read places, Jason, and maybe you can l- lend some light on this, but. In places like Texas, there's enough uh, liquid um, natural gas under the surface there to supply every Texan energy for the rest of their life for free. And they they still wouldn't use, they still wouldn't exhaust the energy supplies that they have. And that's just one item across an entire platform of energy resources that we have that we could actually use to our benefit. Why doesn't why doesn't the government acknowledge this and take steps to do what you just said, which is unleash the power of the American energy? Well, I think it's they're suffering from a, a now named psychosis called eco anxiety. They think that by having prosperity from hydrocarbons a thing and result in this this terrible earth that we all seem to be living wonderfully well through there's been a hundred there's been a 99 percent reduction in deaths over the last hundred years from weather related events and that's all while our population has quadrupled jason isaac president of the american energy institute appreciate you being with us thanks for being here thanks for having me on kevin you got it kevin mccullough coming right back Kevin McCullough, Brothers in Christ, join Promise Keepers for an event called Daring Faith on December 1st in Brooklyn. It's a night for men just like you to be challenged to live with courage and boldness. Learn to stand strong in the storms of life through all that is happening in the world and discover how to be the man you were created to be. There's an incredible lineup of speakers, including my good friend, Dr. A.R. Bernard, Miles McPherson, Chad Hennings, Ken Harrison, and more. You don't want to miss this event. It's Daring Faith at 7.30 p.m. on December 1st at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Get your tickets now at daringfaith.org. Right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before November 30th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's November 30th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. experienced, uh, but I have the conflict that arises around the holiday. In fact, I remember often as a young child uh, hearing my mother and father and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles uh, complain and kvetch about who had to cook and clean and do everything in between. And here's the real truth of it. Most of the men didn't do a bunch of anything, and the women divvied up the tasks, but whoever hosted always had the hardest.
hardest task. And then they would, you know, somehow work out everything else in some sort of uh, barter agreement, I guess. Well, a family in North Carolina have uh, taken to a very different way of uh, approaching the Thanksgiving weekend this year. And that is they've instituted a Thanksgiving draft where literally the Cedarberg family, uh, Rast, Colleen Rast Cedarberg, who's only 31, has instituted this uh, program so that her older sisters and younger brothers and everybody that's in between can uh, participate and enjoy the fruits of all of that participation, which means a great meal and a good time with family, but also have a certain degree of responsibility. Now, this is really ingenious when you think about it, because uh, about half of the team, Likes to cook and doesn't want to clean. And the other half can't cook, but is glad to clean. And so you have people that are good at cleaning, doing the cleaning up. You have the people that are good at cooking, doing the cooking. They've also weighted every dish on the Thanksgiving Day table. Uh, a turkey is a level three, while the cranberry sauce that comes out of the can is a level one. And on draft day, which happens significantly before Thanksgiving, you draft the dishes that you will prepare and be responsible for, and then you allow the others to pick what they do. And supposedly on Thanksgiving Day, it all comes together. So. This isn't intended to make your Thanksgiving holiday meal uh, political or overly controversial. But if we begin to think of all of life in the frame, in the prism of personal responsibility, it does change things. Because if I know when I go through my day-to-day that I have a responsibility to not only care for myself, but as the head of my family, uh, provide for my family as well so that my children and my bride that we can eat, that we can have the needs that we have met, that we can uh, go to bed tonight in a, in a warm house, in a warm bed, uh, friends, then I'm not going to be depending upon the government or anybody else to provide that for me. And why should I? Uh, ultimately, I can do a better job of providing for them than any government entity would ever try to do for me. And it would be kind of like saying, well, I, I'd be glad to have the Thanksgiving Day dinner, but I want to have it down at the local soup kitchen. Yeah, they could probably make you something that might even taste good, but why on earth would you settle for that? So if you are thinking this Thanksgiving week, how can we be more thankful? How can we express ourselves in a more loving way? What is it that we can do that's going to make a bigger impact around us? Maybe starting to adopt this idea of individual responsibility and asking the question, well, well, what could I do better? Maybe that starts to generate this um, this overwhelming transformation that we need as a country. That all of us doing our best ultimately provides the best country that we would all like to see provided. I'm Kevin McCullough. We'll see you next time.